Hello, mamas, and welcome to Bump to Mum, a podcast that has been created by me, Emma Coxhead, after the birth of my son, Louis. I realized that there was so much to learn, and it's hard to know where to start. Comfort came from me to speaking with other mothers and parents, and this is where Bump to Mum was born. Bump to Mum is a platform to share conversations we have with other parents, learn from experts in their field, ask questions, find answers, share experiences, and laugh and cry along the way as we try to navigate the maze of which is motherhood. Hello, I hope you're having a great start to your week. Since I last recorded, so a couple of weeks now, in that time, we have had a gastro bug from Louis, which was super cool. Um... It's one of those things, right, like you, I picked Louie up from daycare and they mentioned to me that one of the kids in the sleep room had woken up and had been sick and just straight away, you just literally are just waiting for the inevitable, right? So it was like, okay, cool. So Louie's been in the same sleep room as this child. Like, what can you do about that? They, they didn't know they were sick beforehand. He spent the morning with them. He probably ate with them. Probably sucked on the same toys. Shared food. Um, so it was just really just like a sit and wait. Like, you're just literally waiting. And he woke up the next morning. He was fine. He went um, to my mum's for the day. He was fine. I was at work. On my way to pick him up. And I get the call from my mum that he has just vomited everywhere. He then, in the time it took me to get there, did another vomit, and when I arrived, he was just the saddest little sausage lying on the couch, like, oh, it's just one of those things, right, like, I know it's all part of return to work, daycare, but I feel like I never could have quite understood, like, you think you're sorted, you're going to work, they're going to daycare, cool, like, I never quite understood the fact of that can be all great, you can have this amazing plan in place, but the sickness that comes with daycare is next level. Somehow, Luke and I both didn't get it, my mother didn't get it, it was just Louie, and very grateful that it was over very quickly as well, and he was just quite lethargic and sleepy for a few days after, Um, but yeah, you know, like you've got to then figure out, right, so he can't go to daycare, so who's who's taking sick leave, who's taking the day off, because while we have flexible careers, you can't work with like a little one hooning around, well he wasn't really hooning around at this point, he was quite, you know, lethargic and just wanting to lie down and cuddle, but yeah, anyway, the reason I share this is this week's episode is with Hannah, Hannah reached out to me wanting to share her journey and I think it is such a, every journey is so special but I really loved her coming on and being so honest, so brave and so vulnerable sharing her motherhood journey. So Hannah has a 17 month old daughter Mila and partner Tom. They both live in Auckland. Um, they Hannah had a quite a complicated birth, a 30-hour labor, emergency C-section, and a long stay in hospital. Then to go into struggling with breastfeeding, um, really, really challenged in that space. It just wasn't working for them, and she'd put so much pressure on herself to make it work. But at seven weeks, they decided that um, they would exclusively bottle feed. Um, and this was something Hannah had a lot of guilt with at the time. She's since got to a point where she's so, she, she accepts how it's happened, but she just put so much pressure on herself and felt a lot of guilt around that. Um, they really, she really struggled with the newborn phase. Um, 
you know, Mela wasn't a super settled baby and she just found it hard to go out, um, you know, obviously, and then the feeding issues as well and then feeling the guilt around that. She just found it a really challenging time um, prior to becoming Mela's mum. She was a, she was a, she's a career person and I shouldn't say prior to, she still is a career woman and this is what we talk about in this episode. She is a career mum. She's had high profile roles in banking um, and while she was on maternity leave she was approached by another bank to take on a promotion. So at six months postpartum, Mila was six months old, she returned to work full time in a brand new job which was also a step up. A lot of people she talked to about this would tell her she was going to dread it, uh, you know, it was too much of a change going back to work, let alone a new organization and a, a step up in her role. Um, but she remembered and she reminded herself she's always been a career person and so much of her identity is wrapped up in her career and she didn't want to slow down her progression just because she'd become a mum. It was such a key part of who she is. Um, and she wanted to share her journey because she is so proud of how she's managed going back to work full-time, being a mum to Mila, and also Mila's transition to daycare full-time as well. So she talks about how crazy busy it is, um, but the fact that she wouldn't have it any other way and she feels really fulfilled. She realised that being a stay-at-home mum wasn't actually something she was going to enjoy and she was actually really looking forward to getting back into work. Um, and, you know, she had a lot of people making her feel guilty about prioritizing work and putting Mila into daycare at an early age. But she reminds herself and she wanted to share with anyone else going through a similar journey to how proud she is of continuing to chase her dreams whilst also showing up and being present as a mum. And the two go hand in hand. Um, so, yeah. This is why Hannah wanted to come on and share her journey. It's one that, it's a conversation I love. She's so honest about what postpartum was like for her and just what returning to work for her has been like. And it's been something she has absolutely looked forward to. She loves being a mum. She loves her career. And in this episode, we really dive into what that looks like for her now. Um, and Mila absolutely thrives in daycare. And it's been a really positive journey for them both. So... As always, I'm so, so keen to, you know, just hear about a different motherhood journey. And this was one that, you know, really struck a chord because I know there'll be a lot of people maybe feeling this way, but not wanting to like openly talk about it. So thank you so, so much, Hannah, for coming on and sharing. Um, you are a breath of fresh air, so honest, so vulnerable. And I just love this conversation. I think so many of you will too. So let's get into it. If you do love and enjoy it, please rate and leave a review on whichever platform you choose to listen to Bump to Mum. I'll be so grateful. It helps other people find the podcast um, and share amongst your friends as well. Now, as always, I'm no expert. This is just someone's journey, someone's experience and, um, you know, take or leave from it what you like. But yeah, enjoy mamas and we'll chat soon. <laughs> Hey Hannah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Why don't you take a moment and introduce us to yourself and tell us a bit about you and your family. Cool, yeah. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm 30 years old. I'm a mum to one little girl, Mila. She is 16 months now. Um, mm. My partner is Tom. He is also 30 um, and we live in Auckland. Um, I'm a born and bred Jaffa, so this is been home <laughs> for me forever. Um, Tom is from further north, so he's from Whangarei, 
Um, So, yeah, we started our relationship long distance um, and then I managed to convince him to move to the Big Smoke um, to buy a house with me and, yeah, that's where we've set up shop for our little family. Um, Mm. It works quite well for us at the moment. Um, I work in the kind of corporate world, so need to be in a city. He's an electrician, so you can kind of work wherever. Um, Yeah, yeah, it suits our current lifestyle and, um, yeah, we're enjoying it. Um, We also have a French bulldog called Fred who's very cute. He's he's our new baby. He's four months old. Oh, so you've got a puppy. So you basically got two babies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was – I remember when I called my parents to say we'd bought another dog and they're like, man, you're a sucker for punishment. (laughs) 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 So cute. So, yeah. And how is that going? Because I had dogs before baby, but I remember saying to my husband, I was like, I don't know if I could have got a puppy after Louis. So how has that been? Yeah, it was pretty full on, I think. We had a puppy, well, we had a dog, another French bulldog who died tragically. And then Mila and oh. her were like best mates. And I felt really sad, like missing, like seeing that interaction. They were like, she was finally at the age where she was like loving Harley and was you know, running after each other and stuff. So I was like, oh, we're going to just have to bite the bullet and do it. Mm. Um, so yeah, worth it. Hard. It's like literally your toilet training and, you know, worrying about another little thing. So it, it's worked oh, out with it because, yeah, they've started to become little besties again. So that's good. Oh, that is so nice. It is so cool seeing, like, the relationship they have with animals. Like, I feel like when we when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, my God, like, it was all I was looking forward to was, like, how cute Louie and the dogs would be. And it took a while for them to warm up. Like, we've got two dogs and one was, like, smitten from the get-go and the other one still now he's like, I could take or leave it. I'm not too sure. But, like, definitely as they get older – they are just like interacting more like he'll throw the ball and it's like oh Miller so is worth it all noise busy so it's quite good they just wear each other out <laughs> let them both run around it's great oh, so tell us where are you at in your motherhood journey at the moment like what are you guys going through what's something you're loving what's something that's been more challenging yeah so as I mentioned Mila's 16 months now so it's a very very busy age I've discovered mm. it's definitely my favorite age um I feel like each sort of well, each time she gets a bit older and older, I enjoy it more and more. I think it might be just the fact that she's her own little person now. So mm. it's seeing her like personality shine through. Um, but yeah, it's so full on. Um, she's mm. a very busy little thing. She's always been very active, very um, determined, feisty. So that's just been enhanced as she gets older and older. So yeah. I'm very tired. Um, but I'm also, but I am enjoying kind of the stage because she thrives at daycare. She kind of knows what she wants. Um, we can kind of do a bit more now, go away. Mm. Um, yeah, I find, yeah, I'm finding this stage really fun. Um, the challenge for me at the moment is definitely the, like, I swear we're already in like the terrible two tantrum phase of like oh in public and just like her losing the plot or just having these like irrational meltdowns and I'm like I just don't know how to manage you or manage this it's crazy so but- I was literally just listening to you say that and because Lily's <laughs> 18 months and I was like I want to agree that this is my favorite stage but like yeah oh the big emotions I'm like I don't know if this is my favorite like it was for a while like favorite 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 and now I'm like <laughs> like there's some that. really cool yeah. but like <laughs> yeah I feel like it's like yeah, it's just a roller coaster, but it's mm. yeah, I'm enjoying the fun side of it more. But yeah, the, the the hard parts are a lot harder. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And the biggest challenge at this age as well, which I found is that she's just gets every bug under the sun at daycare. So mm. we're constantly battling gastros and snotty things and like everything you could think of. I like every week there's a little poster on the daycare wall saying there's, you know, cases of croup or cases of ham foot and mouth. Mm. Here we go. So that's definitely the hardest part of this um, phase, I'd say. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it more, um, but I guess when did, when did how many days a week is Mila in daycare and when did she start? Yeah, so she started when she was quite young. So I went back to work after six months and so she went into oh. full-time at six months. Yeah. Um, I, funnily enough, like everyone would say to me, oh, you're going to feel really like horrible when you drop her and she's going to cry and it's going to be really hard and so I was all like worked up about it but she's a really confident little social butterfly and mm. she really thrived from like day dot and I I feel very lucky that I have that sort of child because there was an element of guilt of sending her you know so young but mm. she was like a duck to water and just you know went in and loved it so um she's in there four days a week I work full-time but full-time hours in four days mm. so it's quite a condensed work week so she does full days like 7 30 to 5 30 um yeah. but she loves it and it works for us so yeah oh so cool and we're going to talk about that more but I feel like we should go back to the beginning and I guess so Mila's your first like at, did you guys decide that you were ready to have kids like what was pregnancy what was all of that like for you no it was a very um it was a pleasant surprise um oh, cool. and, and I'm very cautious of the fact that um you know people really struggle to have babies so we feel very lucky to obviously conceive um with no struggles and I guess by accident um but yeah it was obviously a, a pleasant surprise and we were like okay shit we're doing it then um there was kind of no no question around it, but it, yeah, it certainly wasn't um, planned. And I think, like in my head, I was like really young, and I was like, oh my god, so scandalous. I was twenty nine, so I really wasn't. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's right, I'm not that young anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the logical next step. Um, yeah, so we were like, okay, let's go for it. Um, first trimester was horrible. I was so sick. Um, Fortunately, we were in level three lockdown, so I was at home working, which was kind oh, of nice. amazing because I could like block out 20 minute slots in my day and just literally like lie on the floor and recover oh, from you know, so much fatigue. Um, and I was just not keeping any meals down for like eight weeks. So I was oh, rapidly God. losing weight and I was like, you know, people would be like, oh my God, you're looking so good. I'm like, no, is, it's not healthy. But no, you did you have like, hyperemesis or did you? Well, I was about a week away from an appointment with my obstetrician to get basically, yeah, get that diagnosed and then it just stopped it was so strange I like woke up one morning gone and I was like okay and then from then out it was sweet like really good pregnancy no issues I was yeah I could kind of work right through and kept up with like gym and stuff like that so yeah I found the bulk of pregnancy pretty good Mm -hmm. um, and enjoyed the kind of process of it all um birth on the other hand was not not so good um we she did not want to come to the party she was uh we were 41.1 and I got induced um because she was quite big and they're like okay we need to get this baby out um and it was a bit of a rigmarole um it kicked in really quickly and so my obstetrician was like oh great like things are going to progress really well your body's you know responding great to the induction I was like perfect um and then every time they would do like a examination they're like oh no your cervix is closed and at this point I was having 
contractions every two minutes for like 50 seconds, like unbearable oh. contractions. And I was not like progressing whatsoever. So I got to about 24 hours in and when wow. I got the epidural, which was the best thing ever. <laughs> right. You got the epidural after that long. Yeah. Yeah. I was holding out because I, well, I guess at that point they kept being like, well, your cervix is closed. I think I got to one centimeter at that point And I was like, this is just insane. Like I can't mm. do another 24 hours of this. Um, it was actually my partner who asked for it because I was trying to be all like tough and oh, I don't need it. And then he, the, the doctor came in and then, how are you going? And I was like, oh, all good. And he was like, nah, <laughs> give her something strong. <laughs> Ryan is battling. Thank you. So they wheeled me off and I got one. And then it was okay, but I got to, seven centimeters at 30 hours and they called it for an emergency c-section because she was obstructing so within like 20 minutes she was whisked out <laughs> wow. yeah. and was that something like did you have were you someone that had a birth plan and you were kind of like gutted or did you just not it wasn't no, it wasn't a thing for you I was pretty open book I, I didn't really have like a set birth plan I said to them like ideally like a normal birth just from a recovery point of view but at the same time I was just open to whatever was like best for me and baby like us going mm. to get her out safe and sound and I'm happy um so I didn't need to have any like conversations my obstetrician was just like this is the plan this is what we're going to do and yeah I was pretty relieved by then at that point I was just like I just want this to be over it's so, exhausted that's yeah. so long as well she was, a, she was a big baby she was um 9.2 pounds so Ooh. Yeah, she's a big girl. So, yeah, mm. I'm really glad you came out the sunroof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then so what was recovery from the cesarean like for you and what were those kind of like first few weeks? How did that all go? Um, I actually found the C-section recovery fine. Um, I think I have always been very active, um, played a lot of sport and stuff, and my obstetrician had said to me, like, I think the fitter you are or the stronger you are, the, the recovery will be easier Um just I guess how your body responds and I did find it fine um the thing I found the hardest was not being able to do um get I get into walking and stuff straight away because you obviously mm. are kind of not obviously not bed bound because you're like looking after a child but you're stuck to kind of staying at home um to let the actual incision heal um but yeah in general I found the c-section actually pretty pretty good I'd probably mm. potentially opt for a elective next round if I kind of that's looking like another big baby instead of having to go through that whole kind of process again. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, so recovery was okay. And what was your fourth trimester like? Was there, how, how was that for you? Highs and lows? Um, I found it really hard. And mm. um, I think because I didn't have a huge amount of people around me who had had babies. So I had a, a handful of people who I had kind of seen their experience. And from what I could see, it looked fine, you know, like everyone mm. You know, in that newborn bliss phase of just you know going gaga over a slight cute little baby but Mila was really really windy and we thought she was colic at the beginning um she was super unsettled she would literally just scream like 24 7 usually from about four o'clock in the afternoon through to like three in the morning it was just like an absolute uh, yeah, it was really really tough and um oh. it wasn't actually until a f good friend of mine who her son was quite similar she said go see an osteo, um, mm. baby osteo um because she did that with her son and it helped a lot so um I went into an osteo and the minute I walked in um the osteo was like oh I think you uh, you can tell she's had quite a like traumatic way of coming into this world like she's all mm. out of the world so there's some like gentle stuff and it helped so much and that 
definitely um, basically meant she was like winding properly, feeding better, um, and was a lot happier. But I guess because that didn't happen until sort of three or four weeks in, I was so stressed and so tired that my feeding was well, I was trying to breastfeed and it wasn't really working because I was so stressed. So I was mixed feeding, so I was feeding, mixed feeding, pumping, you know, the whole all of that. Oh, yeah. It just ended up kind of I was spiraling massively. Um and we also went into hospital when she was three weeks old because she got a virus and was vomiting. Um oh. and it, so it was just a bit of a yeah, a turbulent start. Um and I think also being like a first time mum when you get sent to hospital and we're in Starship and we could only have one person to stay. So like Tom couldn't stay in the hospital with me. So it was just me mm. and Mila there for like four days and it was really, really hard. <laughs> so looking back on it, I'm like, that sounds really pathetic. But at the time I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like just be alone with this new baby in hospital. Um, and I definitely didn't have that automatic like love for her either which everyone goes on about you know like you know give birth to your baby and fall in love I found it really tough and definitely you know there was that feeling not feeling of like regret but just going like what have I done like I don't know what I'm doing have I made the right decisions Mm. so there was yeah lots of sort of big emotions um being felt but yeah I think once we got through sort of the first couple of months and we found our groove and she started I gave up breastfeeding so um just formula feeding which um made life so much better um yeah things was that a decision you found like you had a lot of pressure on yourself to like keep breastfeeding like do you think there was like you're just putting so much stress on yourself with that as well yeah massively I feel like it's like the unspoken hardest thing of what for me anyway of um the newborn phase like I just thought that I would you know have this baby and she would just feed and that wouldn't be an issue but it was like probably the hardest thing and because I guess the people around me had found breastfeeding all good, that's what I just thought it would be for me, and it certainly wasn't. And um, there's this, I think it's like a, a society thing where, like, if you don't breastfeed your baby, you're, like, you're not giving your baby the best start to life and all that sort of stuff, and so that guilt was weighing massively on me. Um, and it wasn't really until my midwife came to do my, um, like, to discharge me at six weeks, she was like, you need to just like accept that this isn't your journey like this is not for you and that your baby is growing and she's healthy and actually you just need to yeah bring the bottle in and yeah which was I just needed someone to tell me basically yeah I feel like as well as like a first-time mum you're like no I need to do this like everyone says I should do this I need to try do this and because you don't know you don't know what you don't know and like you're just trying to figure it out and like I think as well like yes okay breast milk's great but like at at the expense of like your health and well-being I don't think it's that great you know and that's it I feel like no one tells you to prioritize your own health everyone's Mm. like how's the baby how's you know how they're feeding how they're sleeping no one's like how are you are you okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) really like you know I remember my mum came over one day and she was like you look really slim like like you've lost weight and I was like, oh, I don't think I have. And then I weighed myself and I'd lost like four kilos that week. And I was like, no wonder I've got supplier shoes. Like I'm just like so stressed, not eating, in and out of hospital, you know. And so I was like, okay, enough's enough. And, yeah, as soon as as soon as soon we decided to um, bottle feed, I was, yeah, I found the whole kind of newborn experience so much better because I just felt like I could um, create a bit more routine. I wasn't sitting there pumping. I wasn't worried about everything. I could just, yeah, settle in a bit more. So, yeah, that was 
it was good. <laughs> oh, and I think as well, like you even said, you're like, oh, it did, like it doesn't sound that bad, but like I feel like the fourth trimester when you're like so sleep deprived, hormones are like through the roof <laughs> everywhere and then you're like you're a first-time mom you're having to go to hospital by yourself like it is so overwhelming and I even think back to my own fourth trimester which I again I had like no complications but it's almost hazy because I just remember like being like so like <laughs> I almost feel like I was like looking in on my life being like because I was so like trying to learn everything that I don't feel like I was present even though I was and there were moments I was present like I was trying to think, like, hey, what do I need to do to next? Like, how do I get the baby to sleep? When does it need to feed? How long is it? You know, like, yeah. you just. Like, second time round must be a lot easier in that respect, right? Like, even if you get a harder baby, let's say, it's just the fact that you have, like, some context to what you're going into and what you need to mm. do or what to expect. And, yeah, it is crazy. It's it's a wild world. You can't, there's no textbook for it either. Like, you can read books on it, but the minute you're in it, you're just like, holy, this is not what I envisioned. <laughs> no. And, like, you don't know because like even people that even like I guess us talking like we've been through it now but like you wouldn't necessarily want to tell someone who's about to have a baby all of this because you don't want to scare them but there needs to be some like realistic something realistic about it as well you don't want to be like oh it's all rainbows and butterflies and it's so easy and you just cuddle your baby all day long because there is really hard stuff as well yeah and I think that like on reflection I think like motherhood or parenting is so glorified like on especially on social media Hmm. like when you're pregnant you're just scanning through all these Instagram profiles of these like happy families and these beautiful nurseries and it's all like yeah all happy but no one's showing the like raw side of how tough it can be well Hmm. obviously that no one's going to put up a post of a screaming baby but yeah, yeah you're in it you're like okay this is not exactly what I thought it would be and yeah I and that's why I think when I have friends who are, you know, starting to think about having babies and they ask me about it and I'm, I try to be like really positive, but also like real. I'm like, there mm-hmm. are some days that will be really hard and some days where you'll kind of wish your old life back or whatever it might be mm-hmm. to kind of, yeah, be a bit more realistic. Cause I think it's just so unfair that we go into it a bit blind or misled. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of like you had your, hospital visit you kind of got breastfeeding a bit well not breast you got feeding sorted you were kind of onto the bottles what did like how was that next kind of few months from there it was good she she was a pretty hard baby like she, from mm. the get-go she kind of was just really alert and busy like never was never really content just sitting down you know like lying down or on me or anything so it was quite I had a lot of anxiety around like leaving the house because I'd just be conscious of her like losing plot and so I found it quite tough to get involved in all the things that you know other mums around me that I knew were doing but I did end up um kind of latching on to a couple of girls from um like a coffee group who had it was like especially one friend Lisa who has three boys and she kind of like was so blase she's like got oh, three boys it's madness like come over to my house so I just like started to do more with her um yeah and then I guess just building up the confidence of just going with the flow and expecting that some days are going to be really good and some days are going to be really shit yeah. um and just getting out there a bit more but yeah it it definitely got easier and easier as the months went on and I think when we hit about four months I felt like I somewhat had it under control mm. <laughs> yeah that was when I sort of saw the light. Yeah. And what was Mila's sleep like? Like, was that something that 
you struggled with or have you sleep trained or what's your journey been there? Um, I mean, she started off terribly, as I mentioned, but actually she ended up being quite a good sleeper, um, I think, because she's so busy. Like, she just brings mm. every ounce of energy she has. Um, so she started sort of sleeping through the night at around three months or just over three months, which was great. Oh. But don't get me wrong, we had some hellish regressions and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that also helped, like, you know, once you start getting some more sleep and you're able to do a bit more thing, you know, some more things that like fill up your own cup. Um, yeah, it, the weight lifts off a bit. So yeah, she's a pretty good sleeper. We didn't sleep train as such, but we kind of tried to follow, um, you know, some of the sleep routine patterns to try to get her nights going good. And that helped a lot. And fortunately for us, she loved independent sleeping. It's, I feel like everyone's like the opposite. Like she never wanted to sleep on us or mm. near us. So she was really good once she was in her cot. Mm. Um, so that was good for us. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Louis was a little bit the same. Like I like I remember seeing lots of like he never really would just sleep on me for ages. Like he might every now and then as a newborn, but he wasn't like a bit ba- like he wouldn't just sleep on me for ages. Like he was he was quite similar. Like he slept quite well in his cot by himself. And even like I remember there'd be there was some night like one morning or something. So still like newborn days and I he woke up early and he just wasn't resettling in his cot so I was like oh I'll just pull him into the bed and he'll sleep and I was like not a chance like he's never been that kid that you could pull in and have a cuddle like no he's like whoa what's happening where are we (laughs) please just like one little cuddle she's like no we're action we're off I'm like oh yeah so at this point like how much time had you were you taking off work what was that situation so I had always planned to take six months um Mm -hmm. I, I guess before having Mela and obviously she wasn't like planned as such. Um, I was always quite career focused and I had my own sort of goals and aspirations in that sense. So when I fell pregnant, that was probably like the first thing that sprung to mind. I was like, Oh God, this puts all my kind of, my plan on hold, I guess for work. Mm. And there was a bit of angst around that. I think throughout my life, my confidence has definitely come from my, my job and my career. And that's the one thing that I've really like backed myself with and enjoyed kind of yeah know where I'm heading um Mm. and so it was definitely a concern that I was putting the handbrakes on so um yeah I decided to take six months I thought at least then I'm not out of the game for too long but Mila would hopefully be old enough and to kind of you know settle into daycare so that was the plan and then just as I was due to go back um a ex-colleague contacted me um with a job opportunity outside of um, my current employer. So I caught up with her for a coffee and basically yeah, spoke to her about this job and decided that it would be basically too good of an opportunity to turn down, mm. um, which was crazy at the time because I guess I was ha- already had a lot of, you know, feelings about the fact I was going back into work. Like I was very excited, to be completely honest, like I was ready mm. to go back, but I knew what I was going back to, into, right? I was going back to my old job, my old manager, my old team. Um, it was a very safe environment for me to fall back into. So mm. taking the leap and taking a new job, which was definitely a step up to, was, um, I guess, risky. And a lot of mm. a lot of the advice that I got, or not so much advice, probably like comments were that I was, you know, biting off too much, you know, like you've already got so much on your plate. Why would you add that additional kind of stress or unknown and um but I just sort of thought considering I knew that I wanted to be a working mum that I wanted to still kind of pursue my own um career goals and 
I thought I wouldn't turn this opportunity down if I wasn't mm. a mum, so why not? Mm. So I took the job and started up um, there uh, within a bank, kind of in a senior role, and, yeah, super stoked I did it. Um, it's definitely been – it's a definitely a bigger job and it's got a lot more stress to it, but I'm loving it and I'm really proud of how Mila's managed it. She's, like, a little legend. She's Aww. managed to just settle into daycare and, like, let me sort of take the time. Like, I've been really – good at setting boundaries around um my hours so as I said I work four days but I do full-time four days so it's like quite a long work day but I can be flexible so I tend to drop her off every day pick her up every day between sort of five and seven is like her and like her time I just Mm -hmm. I'm unavailable um doesn't really matter what it is I'm not going to pick up the phone um and then I tend to log on at night and do some work so um yeah it's definitely been an interesting transition moving from like you know one job into motherhood, which was, you know, a completely new job in itself, and then going back into the workforce into a new job. And, yeah, it's been a wild ride. But, I'm yeah, I'm just happy that I've sort of stayed true to myself and continued on that path even though I'm a mum. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's so cool as well because I feel like there's, like, this pressure to love being a at-home mum and like love motherhood and love everything about it but like not everyone does like some people and like you are the same person like you haven't just like yes you have changed like you are a mother and there's so many things that are different now but like you're still allowed to have goals and ambitions and be passionate about your career like you were before you had Mila right like that's yeah such a important thing to remember as well like you are still you yes yeah totally and I think I look around my my family like I had two working parents growing up I was you know in daycare from a young age and um, I have great relationships with my parents I don't think any less of them because they put me in daycare early like if anything I'm you know happy they did that because it you know embedded sort of you know hard you know work hard ethic and all that sort of stuff um but yeah it's there's always going to be judgment like whatever you do like Mm. I have friends who are stay-at-home mums and absolutely love it and I love that for them like they are born to be mums and you like you know stay-at-home mums they thrive and it's like everything they ever wanted and I think that's great and it's just not me at all Mm. um I love being Mila's mum and I purposely took Fridays off for her so that we had our day kind of you know locked in so I could do all that stuff you know that I'm say missing out on with her still um Mm. and then weekend family time slash friends or whatever it is but yeah Mm. I think it's a good balance and it's it's a lot like the trying to find the balance of um you know how much energy you put in each bucket of within your life is really tough um and there's a lot of uh I guess I go in waves of feeling really like I'm dropping the ball at work or I'm dropping the ball at home or I'm dropping the ball with my relationship or friends. And yeah, so it's a, it's hard, but it's, yeah, it's worth it in my opinion. Do you think you said like you at the start, you only ever wanted to take six months off because like you had like a, a goals you wanted to reach, things you wanted to do in your career. Do you think, was that something you'd put on yourself or is it more the industry that you're working in that you're like, it's not, Probably, yeah. friendly to, to not not like yeah I know, I know what you're trying to say yeah a bit of both I think I think I knew that you know there was I had my own goals and I knew that taking a full year off would potentially mean that there would be other people within the business already that would 
probably boys, <laughs> that would, mm-hmm. um, you know, go still full steam ahead. So in my eyes, I was like, it puts me in a, I guess, less position when I come back. But also, even when I was in the sort of period of, of mat leave, I knew that I was ready at six months. Like I, I wanted to get back into it. I didn't want to lose touch. And I think like six months was a nice amount of time where like things don't move that fast in business. Mm. So I knew I'd be going back to something somewhat similar. I could kind of fall back into things um, relatively easily. Um, So yeah, but it is hard. Like being a female and well, I mean, in most cases and taking time off work is, is really hard. Like if, especially if you choose to take a, like a longer period of time and then you need to go back into it, like that's, that's really tough. Like I've got friends who are trying to get back into the workforce now and, you know, they feel like completely disconnected from the work, you know, environment. And it's, yeah, it's tough. It so is. How did the whole transition, so once you decided that you were like, yep, cool, I'm going to go back into work. How was that transition for you going back, getting Mila settled in daycare? Like how did that all go? Yeah. It, it actually went probably more smoothly than I anticipated um, mm. again, because she was did so well going into daycare. That was obviously a sense of relief. So we didn't have issues there. Um, the biggest thing was, well, for me, is that I'm a like, huge control freak. And so before having her, you know, I could plan out my days, my routine, have everything um, lined up. I knew what I was going to do within the day or the week. And, you know, I could control that. Whereas obviously, as you'd know, um, stuff can go like tits up within like five minutes with a kid and they completely turn your day on its head and you're like cool right I'm glad I planned all that out because it's now not happening um so trying to I guess manage expectations of my day or my week um differently now having to like juggle her and work is something that I've been working on um I think the biggest struggle I've had is trying to like maintain the same amount of like energy I'm putting into each part and not completely burning myself out Mm. um I know like personality wise I've always just I just cannot sit down and relax I'm like a active relaxer completely like but Mm. to the point where I just exhaust myself and then that has a you know negative impact on my relationship because I start having a crack at Tom because you know he's left dishes on the table even though it's so minor it's just the, Mm. the final you know straw or um reacting in a certain way at work where like you know it wouldn't I wouldn't otherwise or you know having a or being snappy at Mila which then I look back and I'm like oh my god it wasn't her fault like she's a baby so yeah trying to like I guess reset expectations of myself and realize that some days are going to be really great on the work front not so good at the at home vice versa and just yeah going with the flow a bit more um mm. because yeah it is a lot and it's the it's definitely the struggles of like we've got two working parents who work full time, a very busy little girl. Um, both Tom and I um, go to like a CrossFit gym, so I got five thirty in the morning every morning, and he goes in the evening. So we're kind of juggling either side of that. He's obsessed with golf, so he's got his golf, but it's good because <laughs> he needs his thing. Um, Can we just talk about how like we dead... play, well, I play competitive netball, but I'm really talking about whether I should or not <laughs> this season because a bit much but yeah we were joking in my um mother's group the other day that like 
interesting how our husbands all seem to be like madly obsessed with golf when we have kids, mm-hmm. like a very convenient two to three hour hobby every weekend. Two to three hours, hours. gosh, it is a quick game. It's like four or five hours in our house. Oh. <laughs> oh no, we did say, and like, I'm so glad that Tom and I are pretty like open and honest with each other. I said, we need to have our things, like our mm. individual like hobbies uh, for sanity's sake, like he has golf. He used to play cricket and um, rugby and stuff. And I said, just pick your thing and have it and I'll do the same. So I think just to have, you know, that time out where you're like, can do something for yourself and you're not either mumming or working or whatever. So yeah, I'm getting into CrossFit, which is like, yeah, it's really good, but it's also like another like <laughs> layer of not stress, but you know, like intensity that I probably yes. add to my life, but it's good. It's, it, I can't think about anything else during it and it, good I mean relaxation and like if you want to call it like mindfulness or like time to yourself is different for everyone if it is like literally blowing out in a CrossFit session (laughs) if that's what works for you to like kind of then it that's what works like I feel like that's the thing like sitting in a yoga class is definitely not for everyone like my brain just keeps going yeah and everyone's like you need to do something slow and mindful I'm like it will make me go crazy if I sit yeah. with my own thoughts in a room of people, like in silence I'll probably have a mental breakdown so I'll just go throw around some weights instead I can so relate to what you were saying about like being a planner and like you know pre pre parent life I would have a plan for my work day and then that's what I would do and then I would achieve that and it feels good and then you know you're into the next day and then I guess you you mentioned this at the start, but that doesn't take into account getting the call from daycare that they're sick and you've got to go pick them up yeah. or they've fallen and bit their lip. That happened the other week. Um, and you've got to go be- get them. You know, like it doesn't – there's all these things that I never considered that even though once I'd be back at work and Louis was in daycare, that there were still things that I just were out of my control and it would have to stop my work day, you know? Yeah, and that is hard to manage when you're – because, like, I know in the past and, you know, prior to Mila and Tom and things, I had, like, struggled with anxiety a bit and mm. nothing severe, but it would, like, you know, come over me. And I definitely noticed as I start kind of trying to do it all, that same feeling of, like, angst kind of comes over me or that feeling like, oh, if I, you know, if I leave the work, work now because Mila's sick, I'm going to miss this opportunity to have this, you know, meeting with X, Y, Z and it's going to – and I just spiral into this, like, you know, oh my God, I'm going to fail completely. And it's just the most ridiculous thing because you're, I mean, so many people are in the same boat. Like if I look Mm. at the office, I've got, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's 50% women and most of them have children. Like they're all going through the same stuff, but I think you just become so like in your head about, yeah, what you, where you should be and what you should be doing. And yeah, it can get quite overwhelming. So I'm trying to become more conscious of it and like stop myself from spiraling when, you know, shit hits the fan. So that's my, it's my current work on. Mm. Control what you can control, right? Because I am. I wish I was one of those people that would just be like, oh, you yeah. know, oh, well. I'm just chill because I'm like, I'm not though. Like I'll say that, but like <laughs> under the water, I'm like not chill. So how, what have you found then like the CrossFit, like having your, like your outlet, is that how are you kind of like the mental load of motherhood, right? Like how are you, <laughs> yeah, how are you managing all of it with everything else going on? Yeah, so I think that the mental load is the biggest thing. It's and it's funny because 
like oh, if Tom and I are ever having tiffs, it's always over. Like, I just need you to do this thing. And he's like, oh, just tell me to do it. And I'm like, no, I was like, there is so many, so much stuff you've got to think about and prepare for and do. It's like so hard to keep up. So yeah, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, oh God, I don't even think like, how do I manage it? I'm pretty in touch, well, like it's in tune with like my own, feelings and and how I'm I guess processing stuff like I'm pretty open about going to see my like GP if I feel like I'm you know feeling you know rubbish or I'm not managing emotions well and stuff so I've got like this epic GP who yeah help in that sense I've gone to her before with like you know anxiety issues and it's been really helpful so yeah trying to be really transparent to like people around me who I trust when I'm struggling and asking for help Mm -hmm. a massive thing because it's really hard to maintain it all. And especially when you are like a perfectionist or someone who likes to stay in control and you start losing control, it's really quick. It can really quickly kind of spiral. So that's a big thing. Um, I've been trying really hard to, um, to, yeah, as you kind of say before, like just think about the things I can control and then let go of the things that are out of my control. For example, mm. you know, yesterday I was at work and I had like a, f- chock a day and it went outside to buy some lunch and then got a call from daycare and Mila had to like a gastro bug and was vomiting and I was like great <laughs> like, rush back to your desk trying to rearrange things and um work for it but I've kind of got to the point as well and it's, it's I mean it's a bit silly but I always say to myself like because I work in banking I'm like we don't save lives in banking so at the end of the day if she's sick and I need to go I need to go and mm. you know the rest will fall into place um and yeah that's sort of how I try manage it. And I also probably since having Mila, I don't stress as much at work because like it's relatively small shit compared to, I don't know, when you have a kid, you realize how like, you know, work is, it's work is work. And mm. it's, yeah, so it's, it's kind of not really an answer to your question, but yeah, it's just something that I've, I guess. No, I think it's just perspectives, everything, right? Yeah. Like you just realize you're like, oh, like, at the end of the day, like it's it is, it is work. Like everyone, like it, you enjoy your work. That's amazing. You get like fulfillment out of it. But like, yeah, like you say, you're not you're not a surgeon. You're not saving lives. If you need to go home, you just go home and you can pick it up tomorrow. People understand. Like, I think we put all this pressure on ourselves that actually no one else is putting on us. Hundred percent. A lot of it is self inflicted. It's ridiculous. Like I remember my boss booked in a coffee with me and I was like oh no like what have I done I was stressing out about it and I was like you know going to work all shaky and then she sat down and she's like you've got to realize you're human like she's this big talk to me she's like I could see it from a mile away like I think I had had I'd booked in a trip to go to Queenstown it was like two days off work and then Mila had got sick the day I got home and so I ended up had to take an extra day and I was frantically sending emails and I think I'd like misread something and I was you know having a complete meltdown and she was like the only person that's noticed all the stuff is yourself. Like you need to yeah. be, you know, aware of that. Like yeah, you're, what you're putting your pressure on yourself is insane. So yeah, I'm trying to put least pressure on myself. Oh my gosh. And so what, I mean, do you, what, what, what would be your advice to someone that is like returning to work or, you know, about to have a baby? Is there something like you wish you knew, before having a kids that you've learned and you're like, someone should have told me this. Oh gosh. Um, it's not even so much like advice. It's more that like trust your gut. Like 
there were so many times that I'd be like so worried I was doing something wrong and kind of feel like I know it was happening, but then going out and asking people and getting all this random advice. But most of the time, I think mother's intuition is, a, is an actual thing. Like just follow your gut and do what feels right. And I guarantee you it'll be right. Like every baby is so different. Like that's what I've realized. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who have got, you know, the most chilled out others. I've got kids, uh, friends whose kids are, you know, crazy, you know, you, Everything is so, so different and not everything works for everyone. So, yeah, my advice is just, like, do what feels right to you and try remove the noise because it can get quite overwhelming. Mm. Um, having a little trusted network, I think, to lean on is key. Um, I had a couple of mum friends who, you know, you could message at three in the morning and they'd be up dealing with the same shit, and that was really helpful. Um, yeah, that's probably, like, yeah. And I think kind of we touched on it earlier, but – or well, you said, you know, when you have a baby, like you're still yourself and yes, you've got this whole new job and this whole new kind of I guess, meaningful life, but like you, you can still do the things you want to do. It doesn't stop you from doing anything. Um, you know, motherhood is like super, super fun and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it has meant that, you know, some things in my life have had to slow down, but there's other things that I've kept running full steam ahead with. And I'm really like, stoked that I've managed to do that because I'd hate to look back and regret not you know doing the things that make me happy or, or pursuing things that I know deep down I want to do so yeah trying to yeah just stay true to myself and do those things whilst yeah and like I think as well like not compare like mm. the fact that you're like oh like I'm ready to put my child in daycare at six months but you're like oh but some other people don't like is that make me a bad mother and it's like no like that's yeah. if that's good for you and it was good for her like she sounds like she thrives in daycare I Louis started daycare at about 10 months and I was like wow this is the best thing ever like he has so much fun they get yeah. to do all the fun activities yeah. make little friends like I just think I don't know there's not I, I felt like there was a stigma about daycare as well but like is, daycare is great and you can get like I would find myself like scrolling through like Instagram posts or like TikToks with like trolls being like if you're gonna have a child and put them into daycare like you don't deserve to have a child or whatever like you know just complete nonsense and you get in, in your head about it, you're like oh my god am I you know am I a bad parent and then you know you'd hear like you know someone is at I mean yeah I guess it's just it's impossible to please everyone so you just have to mm. like, do what feels right for you and mm. yeah and like that's the thing as well like I'm so conscious of the fact that I've got friends who will you know, who love being stay-at-home mums and that works with their family and they're, they've opted to have a one-income family and it works perfectly for them. But we don't, we weren't even in that situation either. Like we couldn't pay our mortgage with one income. So at the end of the mm. day, like I had to go back to work, which, yeah. You know, and there are so many people that are in worse financial situations than we're in and probably don't want to go back to work. And I feel really sorry for those women because luckily for me, like, yes, I had to go back to work, but I wanted to go back to work. There, are, mm. I'm sure there are plenty of mums who really dread going back and potentially going back to a job they don't really enjoy and that's really tough as well so yeah yeah circumstances are so different so it's just like respecting it and yeah absolutely and like like you say like not going back to work is not a choice for some people so to have the choice is actually such a privilege as well you know like to choose to go back when you're ready is such a privilege and like if you were ready at six months awesome go you and I think that's super cool because it makes you who you are and like Mila sees her mum doing that and I think like that's amazing 
Yeah. And I hope, like, I know I look up to, like, my family and my mum who, you know, my parents divorced when I was quite young. So mum was, you know, technically like a you know, single working mum and she worked her ass off and she's, like, made a really great career for herself. And, you know, I look at that and I'm like, go you, because I know how hard it is parenting with, you know, two of us at home, let alone uh, one and, yeah, that juggle and, you know, same with my dad. So I think, yeah. It's a, it's, you're setting a good example for your kids um, and I also know that you know if we've got the income coming in we can do go on trips as a family and make up for that kind of lost time where we're off grinding <laughs> so, yeah. and so what is on the cards for your family this year what is 2024 gonna hold um we probably will go for number two which is completely petrifying uh, I'm like oh, <laughs> I'm like I just yeah I I want to I want kids close in age I feel like it's so cool to have siblings close in age um and I mean there's pros and cons right of like having a gap or having no gap so I think that's that's on the horizon we're quite keen to try do a little trip somewhere before that as like a little last hurrah of family of three but um yeah we'll see so yeah that's probably the biggest plan we're also thinking of selling our house and buying again which it's going to be super stressful, but we're kind of in this house that was really great when we didn't have kids. And now we're like, this is becoming a bit, you know, not, not really usable. She's just so active. I'm like, we need some grass. I need some, somewhere she can go free range. So that will be, that will be uh, a bit stressful, but fun. Um, and then yeah, work wise, I'm just going to keep at it. Um, I'm in a job that's really challenging me. So it's just around yeah, learning and developing and trying to yeah progress and yeah, keep going in the direction I was going in prior to having Mila so yeah that's super cool what an exciting year like that's some really big life stuff that's all gonna happen yeah we like to be busy in this house it's like it's constant yeah that's great though and like I don't know I just that that actually is something we're doing this year and I feel it's so funny like the house we're in is now just not toddler suitable and I'm like okay this is not working anymore again we need grass we've got a deck but we need grass like you know like I we thought this was so great and now we're like oh so this is why families didn't want to buy it like <laughs> like why not many people coming to this auction we're like this is a great house I'm like I get it now you see somewhere you can let them off free range keep an eye on them and it's like great <laughs> yeah not too many steps not too many levels like kind of like one surface and they can just roam that's what you want right yeah burn some of that energy yeah oh well hey thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey I think it's so cool to show another motherhood journey a different perspective of someone who you know has chosen to go back to work early and they're just thriving in their role so thank you so much for sharing oh thank you for having me it's been nice to chat